Adrian Hauser with the stick. How about the Brewers getting that nice little win over the Miami Marlins last night at American Family Field? 5-4. to four. Hauser, not only is he pitching, but he's hitting and butting. Rowdy. By the way, Jesus Aguilar, I think, was pretty inspired to uh, get back at the Brewers for some reason. Uh, but thankfully, we got a guy named Adrian Hauser who can hit. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, have yourself a night, my friend. And, I don't know, a, a nice little bullpen minus, I don't know, Suter kind of was a little disheartening. But Josh Hader to shut the door. What a what a nice little win. Better than losing 8-0, to right, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Win 5-4. to Yeah, now the Brewers just have to cap it off this afternoon. Early first pitch. Yeah, it was at 12-40 first pitch. Here's the interesting thing that we're going to have to talk about today, though. Who in the hell is Zach Godley? Uh, pitching for the Brewers today against the Miami Marlins. He obviously, Brett Anderson on the IL, Lynn Bloom on the IL, and we want him starting anyways. And you have to call a guy up, um, right-hander Zach Godley. He had some years with the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> Who is this guy? I mean, nothing special. Yeah, I wouldn't think nothing special. Just, uh, Zach Godley. Uh, let's see here. The Brewers signed to a minor league contract last month. Will earn uh, at a one. Eight hundred thousand k, uh, eight hundred thousand dollars. Now that he's back in the majors, the thirty-one-year-old will also temporarily take over in the Brewers' rotation because of Brett Anderson, who's on the ten-day IL. Uh, Godley brings a fair amount of experience in team's rotation, having started in eighty-eight of one hundred and thirty-six appearances since he debuted at the D-backs in twenty fifteen. All right, Rowdy, here, here, here we go. He put together impressive numbers during his best season, twenty seventeen, where he threw one hundred and fifty-five innings of 3.37 ERA with a 55.3% ground ball rate. So that was his impressive numbers. Godley has not approached that type of success since then, however, and is now coming off an especially difficult two-year stretch divided along the D-backs, Blue Jays, and Red Sox. Yeah, pulling up his... I knew he had like a good year with the Diamondbacks. That was about it. Yeah. And, yeah, you look up at, at his stats, and he had one good season where the wins really weren't there at just 8-9 and nine with a sub-3-5 ERA. But then that next year, he had the, the Zach Davies year where he got 15 wins but an ERA over 4.5. Uh, Other than that, though, yeah, pretty uh, lackluster for Zach Godley. But, hey, hopefully, hopefully the, Brewers are, the Brewers are asking for one good start here, huh? Yeah, we're just asking for... Zach Godley, in your name, brother, God, let's go. Uh, this does not make me feel good, though. Last season in Boston, Godley was lit up, 42 hits, nine home runs in 28 and two-third innings. And as Rowdy was just talking about, which helped lead to a career-worst 8.16 ERA. Godley who, oofta, Godley, who averaged just under 90 miles per hour on his fastball, also registered a personal low grounder rate and a below average strikeout percentage, 19.6%. See what his nickname is? No, I did. What is it? Bull. What is it? Bull. Bull? Zach Godley Bull. Come the on. Bull. The Bull. Oh. I don't know, Rowdy. Uh, I'm, obviously, I'm expecting the, the Brewers to, to, to win just because it's my team and I don't know. They've been winning a lot of series, but the Milwaukee Brewers sending Zach Godley to the plate makes me a little nervous. We do a guy, True Advisor on Twitch, say pitches godlike. One time performance coming. All we need is just one. Uh, a 2021, just out of nowhere, he is risen to the majors. 
to pitch godlike on the mound for your Brewers today. Let's talk about last night, though. Adrian Hauser, I'm glad that guy can hit hit some dingers. That was a nice little home run from uh, from Adrian Hauser. Was not expecting that. Did you see the? I'm sure you did. The pitcher Castano for uh, the Marlins, like he was like, you know, mouth hanging open. Like? That guy looked like uh, Derek Holland to a T. I can see that. Like the former, well, I guess he was with a lot of different teams, but big time when he was with the Texas Rangers when they were making their runs to the World Series. Totally. I just pulled up a picture of Derek Holland. He looks just like him. Yeah, Holland would also have his uh, pants up to his knees at times and the mustache. Uh-huh. I, and, I they're like both, the mustache. and they're both lefties. I like the mustache. Yeah, they look, I'm looking at two uh, like side-to-side comparison right now pictures. He looks just like him. Yeah, but when Adrian Hauser went yard, the starting pitcher for the Marlins, Castano, he's like, his like jaw was on the floor, like, huh? What just happened? Um, it was awesome to see. And then how about Tyrone Taylor? That dude was a star yesterday, Ty- or last night. Tyrone Taylor was crushing it. He hit a home run right after Hauser, and then he went three for four, three RBIs, a solo shot, like I said, a second of the season. And then how about a little later? I thought of our listener Tommy. I hope Tommy calls in today, and he was watching or listening as Hauser not only hits a home run, but Rowdy. Hauser put down a nice little sack bunt, and it worked out to perfection for the Brewers. Yeah, I mean, how about the day for Hauser? You talked about the home run. Sack bunt. And he got a sack bunt down, and he went five and two-thirds, gave up just three, ended up getting the win. That's a pretty good day for a pitcher. Hell hell yeah, it is. It was That was nice, dude. Uh, Adrian Hauser, the one that, I mean, I, out of the whole Brewers pitching rotation, who do you expect? Now, let's pretend Brad Anderson is still up here. Who do you expect the least from? Is it Hauser or Anderson? Me personally, I think going into the season it would have been Hauser. Yeah, same. He had a he had a nice game yesterday. Uh, How about this though for Milwaukee Brewers pitchers that hit? Obviously, we know Brandon Woodruff kind of really jumped on the scene when he went yard against uh, Clayton Kershaw in 2018. That was awesome. Corbin Burns has shown that he has the ability to swing the bat. Seen it this season. And now Adrian Hauser goes yard. Now we just need Freddie Peralta to get a little stick under him, huh? And maybe Zach Godley today can get a hit. Well, I mean, Godley is 6'3", 250. <laughs> is, he, is he that big? Zach probably, Godley. Probably why he has the nickname Bull. Bull. I like that. Okay, Zach Godley. In fact, he's such a not-known guy that I saw, you know, you had linked a tweet to RJ and I in our, our group DM. And even Adam McKelvey, the Brewers beat writer, spelling Zach's first name wrong, which is a common mistake. Z-A-C-H, he spelt it, but a Z-A-C-K. But I'm like, who in the hell is this guy? And then you go and look at uh, the replies to McKelvey's tweet, and everyone's just doing the same thing, like, who? Who? Who is yeah, this? That's a, that's a common mistake. A lot of times, you know, the name Zach, especially when it comes to you trying to put out a lot of content, gets spelled wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ah, that is funny. A nice little inside joke from Rowdy. Totally. That is funny, dude. All right. So, yeah, Brewers get a win yesterday, 5-4. to four. Uh, it, was a, it was an entertaining game, I would say. It was a lot better than the game before, obviously, because, you know, the Brewers lost 8 to nothing. But in this game, uh, it was nice to see some sticks come alive for your Brewers. Here's the thing, though. What do they have? Did the Brewers have 8? How many hits did they have last game? They had zero runs. I think they had less hits this game, but had five runs. I'd have to go look. But it was nice to see the six come alive, and hopefully we can continue it. Because, Rowdy, what are we thinking about? <sighs> I'm not trying to put the guy down. I'm just a little nervous about it. <sighs> we need consistency from the sticks because I don't know how well Zach Godley's going to do today, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? 
Well, I mean, what's your expectation for Zach Godley today on the mound? Mine would be five innings and like three to four runs. Yeah, I would. The, yeah. the Brewers are going to have to bring the bats because you you can't rely on Zach Godley to give you more than five innings and anything anything better than five innings and, and three earned runs, right? No, I mean I feel like not, if he gave you five innings and only allowed three runs, I would be happy with I'm that. I'm not expecting like Corbin Burns, uh, like the second coming of Corbin Burns, to come out there or Brandon Woodruff from a guy like Zach Godley. I'm expecting some runs to be scored. I'm expecting there to be like it, the Brewers' sticks are going to have to remain consistent here. Well, I mean, speaking of the Brewer sticks, I think at this point with the, the guys that are swinging the bat that are hot right now, like the Tyrone Taylors, like the Billy McKinney, who was hot like over a week ago, but he's cooled cool since now, yeah. uh, obviously you look at two other sticks that you thought would be hitting a lot better than they are. And obviously Garcia and Keston Hira. I feel like right now, if you're the Milwaukee Brewers, you strictly just have to play the hot bat. Whoever's hot at that time totally. needs to be playing because it's not like you're playing guys with huge names. Yeah. Tyrone Taylor batting leadoff yesterday was huge for the Brewers. I mean, he had three hits. Like I was just talking about, four, three, three, uh, three RBIs, home run. Like, I feel like tomorrow, or I mean tomorrow, today's afternoon game, Taylor has to be in the lineup. Yes. Does he still bat leadoff? He has to be in the lineup. You look at other guys that, that have been playing and playing decently well, I, th- I think... Avisel Garcia and, and Billy McKinney for the time being probably should be in a platoon just because one, one Tyrone Taylor's hot. Jackie Bradley Jr. is your gold glover. Yeah. And Avisel Garcia is struggling so bad. And I think probably it would make the most sense if uh, Keston Hira and Vogelback are in a platoon right now, about, just because no one out of those groups are really hot. And yeah. They're all very inconsistent, but how about Hira? It was nice to see that little, what do you get a triple? Last night. So, Keston Hira, I mean, he beat the shift in a big way, uh, gets the triple last night. And that was, I guess, obviously nice to see because you want to see Keston Hira get hot again. Uh, and then, yeah, to your point, what Daniel Vogelbach, what has he even been doing? I guess he's been better than Yell- or, uh, than uh, Hira. He's been 2 Yeah, I mean, he's not doing great either, but at the time, it, right now, it's like platoon both of those different guys in those positions and see whoever steps up and gets hot. Yeah, Some of the other roster moves that the Brewers made the last 24 hours with the injuries are, so well, obviously they brought up Luke Mail, yeah. who was the, the third catcher. And the other move they brought up was, if you remember the Arcia trade where they got two relief pitchers. Oh, they brought one of the guys they up? They brought Patrick Weigel up. Uh, they also who they placed in the IL was it Daniel Robertson went on the IL with the concussion? Yeah, he's on the seven day IL with the it's the concussion because he got hit in the head um, in the Cubs game, right? And then didn't he play the next day? No, he didn't. Okay, no, he didn't. Okay, so he was he was a little woozy. Then finally, like, like all right, dude, we're gonna send you down. Uh, so yeah, he's on the seven day. Manny Manny Pena with the fractured toe. He's on the ten day. Uh huh. Yeah, okay, there you go. And so. then Anderson and Limbloom last weekend were put on the ten day. Yeah, Anderson with the hamstring, hamstring. and Limbloom with the water on his knee. The yeah, knee but it could effusion. also potentially be the neck <laughs> for turning his head all the time watching the balls fly out. Yeah, there you go. That's funny. <laughs> all right, so Brewers. Yeah, we got to start, you know, doing a little faith check here. See what we think about. How many more injuries can they really sustain here? I have no idea because the Brewers, who keep getting banged up, keep bringing in guys, right? Now we're in a guy named Zach Godley. But here's the thing. The Brewers keep winning series, and they're first place in the NL Central. Brewers, I I think they still have to make a move to bring up Godley, too. 
Corey Ray? Is he still up? He's currently still on the live uh, roster. But they do have to make a move before the game because I don't even think he's on the 40-man roster. Yeah, I think you're right. Who do, you th- do you think they send Corey Ray back down? I mean, there's when you're playing with a lot of team of misfits, there's a lot of options. <laughs> there's a lot of options. <laughs> All right, there you go. A bunch of guys that you have no idea who they are if you're a casual fan. First place in the NL Central at 14-9. and nine. You ever mm. think this would happen? Half these guys, I still don't know who they are, and I watch them every day. Hell, this guy here is dead. <laughs> Cross him off the list. Did you guys ever think that this would be possible? The, I know it's early, but 14-9 and nine with a, a collection of no-name guys getting it done for the Milwaukee Brewers and a top-five pitching staff. What universe are we living in? Well, especially when the universe that we're living in and the league that the Milwaukee Brewers are playing in, the best teams in baseball right now are 15-9. and nine. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're, they're half a game back from being – the best record in baseball, or at least tied for it. Holy shnikes. And again, you are playing like your fifth, your sixth outfielder. You you are consistently playing like your third, third baseman right now with Pablo Reyes. Mm-hmm. You've been shuffling your, inf- you've had Jace Peterson, who's probably like your third, second baseman play. Yep. You're shuffling first baseman between Hira and Vogelback. And even Corey Ray got in. He's probably like and did his, good. He's probably like your eighth best outfielder. <laughs> All right, so like that's how ravaged with injury. Oh yeah, you're now on your third catcher. He'll yeah. also be playing. Yeah, this is it's it's insane. All right, top of the NL East, the Mets at nine and nine. The Braves are eleven and twelve. Phillies eleven and twelve. Marlins ten and thirteen. Nationals eight and twelve. NL West, the Dodgers are 15 and 9, the Giants are 15 and 9, the D-backs are 12 and 11, the Padres are 13 and 12, the Rockies are 9 and 14. In the NL Central, your Milwaukee Brewers 14 and 9. Yeah. The Pirates 12 and 11, Cardinals 12 and 11, Reds 11 and 12, Cubs 10 and 13. Who leads the NL East? The Mets 9 and 9. Who leads the NL uh, uh sorry, did I say East? The Mets 9 and 9. The NL West, the Dodgers at 15 and 9 and your Brewers 14 and 9. Rowdy, wasn't the Dodgers the highest over-under win total in Vegas at 103? Well, the Dodgers have uh, started losing some games finally, which brings a smile to my face. <laughs> and uh, But they, they were out of the gate. a few gate. more at the end of the week. Yeah, they were out <laughs> of the gate hot as hell yeah. for mm-hmm. a baseball team. They were on pace at one point to win 130 games Woo! in the first two and a half weeks of the season. Oof, that like, good? They weren't losing. No, they weren't. Now they started to lose a little bit. Uh, then you look at well, the three and seven in their last ten. So I can't believe in this universe. <laughs> Rowdy's like, yes, please, more losses. The Brewers <laughs> are f- the Brewers. Your Milwaukee Brewers, one of the best teams in baseball, with the likes of the Dodgers, the Giants, and I guess if you flip to the AL, the Red Sox are fifteen and nine. The Royals are fourteen and eight. Okay, and the Oakland A's, who started off the season in the toilet, fifteen and nine. The the A's have just been a juggernaut. What they went thirteen in a row. Before, yeah, yeah. Was it thirteen Be- in a row before they got? They started. Uh, they started one and seven, and then they reeled off thirteen straight. Cause, well, they didn't. They start off zero and six, and then went one and one, and then yeah, yeah. Then they just started. I'm not 100 percent on that, yeah. but I do know that they were one and seven, and yeah. then won thirteen. In you know a what row. it was? Someone in the Oakland A's office they realized that over the summer Moneyball dropped. 
on the Netflix, and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, people, yeah, yeah. people are expecting this, guys. All right, let's, 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 let's do this thing. I'm going to channel my Billy Bean. Let's go. All right, so, yeah, there you go. I can't believe the Brewers in this young season so far are one of the best teams in the majors, and it's a bunch of no-name guys right now with Yelly on the IL, Locane on the IL. Yeah, Rody? I would say this most surprising team, there's got to be two of them. It's not even the Brewers for me, to be honest, for the best records. It's got to be the San Francisco Giants and probably the Kansas City Royals. The Ro- yeah, but, but the, the Royals. Ro- the Royals, though, there is a little bit of a, I guess you would say an asterisk. They've played a lot of games against the Tigers. Yeah, and the Tigers which, are bad. That's, so it's does that mean like, there's an asterisk next to the Brewers because they played a lot of games against the Cubs? No, but the Cubs are still respectable, like close to 500. Yeah. The, the, the Tigers are winning a third of their I games. I did notice the Twins at the bottom of the division there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Twins started out 2-1, and one, obviously, because they won yeah. the first series against the Brewers. Since then, 5-14. Five five. Ooh. Ooh. Not a good look for the Brewers. Where's our guy Nick Langer? <laughs> or is uh, Maytag Zach? Maytag Zach. Here we go. Brand- Brando Savage. What's up, Brando? He says he's feeling a little under the weather today. Might have to call in sick to work. Not because of the Rona. But because he wants to get his ass to American Family Field for the 1240 oh, first pitch. I was thinking he might have the black lung. <laughs> I got the black lung pop. <laughs> Who's winning the match? Maybe maybe he is at the black lung, so he's got to get up. He's got to call. He's got to go to American Family Field. But he says, next up for the Dodgers, getting swept by your Milwaukee Brewers. Whew, that That's a tall task in a four-game series. Four-game yeah, four series and against the Dodgers. Have but have hey. you seen like, how their pitching staff is looking? Uh, for the Brewers? Well, for the Brewers? either. I'm pretty sure for the Brewers, that four-game series is going to be Peralta, Woody, Woody, Burns, Burns. and then Hauser. Give yourself a chance. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think you give yourself a chance. That's all you can ask for. You you can't really go into it much worse. No. (laughs) You really can't. Yeah, I mean, you really your four best pitchers right now are lined up for that series. you don't want to say today's a throwaway game. Okay, here's what I... No, here's you got to win this game. Yeah. It's, it's like you got to close out the here's series what I'm afternoon game. We just were talking about how great the Brewers are, one of the best teams in the majors, sitting at 14-9. They're doing it with a bunch of no-name guys. So, therefore, by using that same logic of them winning series of no-name guys and us being excited about it, who's the no-name guy today for the Brewers? Friggin' Godley. Zach Godley if, on the mound. If you look at the matchups for that Dodgers series, it's going to be some good ones. Game one, Bauer Peralta. Ooh. So that'll be fun. That'll be nice. Game two, TBD for the Dodgers, and then we already said Woody. Game three, TBD for the Dodgers and Corbin Burns. The TBD. And then game four, TBD and Hauser. So, yeah, that's the four. TBD getting three yeah. starts in a row. And, Let's go. If you do it that way, I'm pretty sure if you look at their rotation, though, it was Kershaw Bauer. So if you do it that way in a four-game series, Brewers bad. should be missing Kershaw. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure in spring training, though, the Brewers were hitting around Trevor Bauer pretty good and Clayton Kershaw. So we will we'll see what happens. Again, that was spring training. But they've done surprisingly well against Kershaw in <laughs> And in the Brewers, the Brewers seem to play up to their competition. I mean, we've kind yeah. of already seen that this year. They, yeah. I mean, their, their the losses in series are the Twins and the Pirates. Yeah. Those are two teams that are, well, Pirates are 500, Twins are bottom feeders right now. Yeah, the Pirates are second in the but NL. Yet they've won series as like a sweep mm-hmm. against the Padres. They've won series against the Cubs, Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Brewers are good, Cubs, dude. Cubs. The Brewers are good with a bunch <laughs> of no-name guys. And now with the no-name guy, Zach Godley, taking the mound, if he's going on the same wave that the Brewers are riding, he's going to beast out and they're going to win the series today. There you go. 
Now, still tune in and listen, though. Yeah, tune in to listen here. Every pitch, every hit, every inning right here in the zone. 96.7 FM, 60.70 AM. The call letters are what? W-O-Z-N. Thank you, Rowdy. If you, I just think it's <laughs> hilarious that... Okay, so when Adam McKelvey... Well, okay, Craig Council was talking in Craig. His, yesterday before the game about hey, who was potentially going to be able to pitch, and he wasn't... He said Patrick Weigel was not... Because he was just brought up, yeah. was not going to be starting tomorrow, a- a.k.a. today. And Adam McKelvey said, well, then I'm going to take a guess and I'm going to go with Brent Suter will be the guy that gets the mm. gets the call. Well, yeah. then all of a sudden he's warming up and he's coming in the game and <laughs> well. everybody's sitting there going, well, who the hell is going to pitch tomorrow? Who's going to start? You don't have any real long relievers, especially now with Lind- Lindblom mm-hmm. going on yeah. the IL. You're now starting or not starting. You're now bringing in Brent Suter into the game. And you're already saying that Patrick Weigel is not going to start. Yeah. Well, who knew that coming out of left field was going to be Zach Godley? I guess probably <laughs> just David Stearns and Craig Council. Yeah. So, Rowdy, you said you wanted to talk about Brent Suter in the bullpen. Is this kind of the like the dip in the toe in the water of this conversation? Well, I, I think the the thing with the Zach Godley is a lot of these guys that we've been talking about that have been stepping up and have pl- been playing well, like, I don't know, the fifth outfielder in in. Billy McKinney, the sixth outfielder in Tyrone Taylor, the eighth outfielder in Corey Ray. All those guys, even Pablo Reyes hit a home run in spring training for the Brewers. Pablo Reyes was pretty good last uh, night, too. An outfielder? Yeah, he's listed as an outfielder (laughs) third baseman. Didn't Pablo Pablo Reyes had some action last night, too? What do you get? I think he got a hit Mm -hmm. and a run, didn't he? Like, all those guys, though, we saw in spring training. Like, they were playing in spring training and getting some reps. Yeah. I don't recall Zach Godley getting any time in spring training. Now I didn't catch every game, but I caught a lot of them. I don't <laughs> no, know. Did he, he sign like, a deal? I don't, yeah, I don't know if he was like a quick deal that oh, I here, missed. I got it here. Right here. The thirty-one-year-old and Zach Godley, the bull, bull, inked a minor league deal with the Brewers toward the end of spring training. Okay, I was going to say because I don't remember seeing him in spring training. And he'll make his debut today, obviously, with Brett Anderson on the aisle. Godley struggled with an eight-point-one-six ERA. Over 28.2 innings for the Red Sox in 2020, but he could stick in the Brewers' rotation with a strong performance versus the Marlins. You know what? I'm going to have to make this comparison because I hope it comes true. Uh Uh-oh. He's a guy that uh, started out in the Diamondbacks organization, had at least one good year and another year that you would say is serviceable. And then got He then went to, what was it, Toronto and then with the uh, Red Sox? Yes. Yeah. Well, if there is a guy that I remember the Brewers signing late into spring training in 2018 that started out with the Diamondbacks and his last year before coming over to the Brewers was the Boston Red Sox. Do you need music to accompany for this, Rowdy, for you? Do you want some like Rocky music or something? His name was... I don't need music. His name was Wade Miley. (laughs) He's doing it! I don't need music. He's doing it! Wade Miley comparison! And Rowdy, you were high on Wade Miley when the Brewers got him, too. No, no. They're quite different, as in uh, Wade Miley and... um, Zach Godley. Godley. One's a lefty, one's not. Godley, if I remember correctly for his profile, I think he's more of a a cut fastball guy where he's going to be throwing a lot of two, four, and, and two and four seamers, some cutters, and Let's see. Reading I think a, that's his profile. He said he said his they said his fastball topped out at ninety miles per hour. Yeah, but he's a guy that has, if I he remember correctly, has cut to he's it. He's got some stuff. All right, so Rowdy's going the comparison. Wade Miley and Zach Godley. I'm just saying that based on teams, nothing else. <laughs> now, uh, looking at, if you want to go more comparisons, Rowdy, I am looking at pictures here of Zach Godley. He is just a little thicker around the middle. 
Like, wait, well, you know, Wade Miley kind of looked like a Wisconsinite. Like, yeah. if you were to line up a bunch of people and say, pick the Wisconsinite out here, you might point at yeah. Wade Miley. Here's here's Zach Godley's uh, pitcher list breakdown. He's a little thicker. So in the 2020 season, he threw 43% cutters, 38% curveballs, 10% changeups, and 9% sinkers. So he's going to be a guy who's not necessarily going to throw hard, like you said, 90 miles an hour, but there's going to be a lot of sink and cut to his pitches, okay. and then he'll mix in the curve and the changeup. All right. There you go. Cool. Hopefully things work out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when you have guys like Josh Lindblom going on the aisle, you have guys like Brett Anderson going on the aisle, and you got to find these diamonds in the rough that maybe if they're not going to give you a full season, just a little here and there. At least a little start here and there, or a couple good months to get you through. And who's been really good at doing that in the majors? It would be a guy named I don't know David Stern. So yeah, I think we're I think we're gonna be looking pretty good. And Stearns we trust. That's the uh, the motto around here. So he's been doing it. I mean, look at all, look at all the no name guys. He's picked up and <laughs> that are just crashing it this year already. Yeah, you know? I'll be I'll be completely honest. When I was watching a spring training game and Pablo Reyes came up to the plate and he hit he'd hit one out, <laughs> I actually was like, Who the hell is Pablo Reyes? <laughs> and how who, do I get me some? Who in the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, okay, you've heard of Derek Fisher, you've heard of Billy McKinney, you've heard of Corey Ray, because they were high draft picks uh-huh. and yeah. at different times high prospects on those lists. I've never heard of Pablo Reyes. Nope. Like he had, he what? He sniffed the big leagues for a second with the, with the Pirates. Yeah, yeah. It's like, who in the hell is this guy? Who can it be now that David Stearns is going to call up and do a little magic for us? You know? Yeah. This is David Stearns' freaking theme song, dude. Men at work. Who can it be now? This is for you, Stearns. Probably his ringtone. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I'm, I, I got to dial up somebody here. I'm just going to call back from Zach Godley to tell me when he's going to get here. But he's still going to make a good, uh, a move, right, Rowdy, to send someone down. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty to. sure they still have to put him on the 40, man. Yeah. And you you whittled it down. It was Corey Ray. Yeah, there's probably about a handful of guys that should be on that list. Well, I mean, yesterday you just called up Corey Ray to replace uh, Robertson. Uh, who went on the concussion? Yeah, the IL. seven-day IL. Um, Get his brain bashing by a cubby. But I mean, do you send him back down right away? Then who knows? Well, you'd have to take him on the forty-man. So if you if you did take him off the forty-man, you'd have to uh, put him on waivers. waivers. Yeah. Hi, Rowdy. You were playing a little game, a word association with me over uh, the break. Uh, what was that before Jocko? And you said, would you be mad about if the Packers did this? So let's replay that game. As the NFL draft is tomorrow night, Packers have 10 picks. They start with number 29 in the first round. And what will they do? Only Brian Gutekunst knows. They could trade up. They could trade down. They could stand pat. Who knows? But, Rowdy, hit me with the little word association you're doing. Yeah, so my humble opinion, what the Packers do tomorrow night in the first round, I feel like the big needs for me are cornerback, linebacker, Offense and defensive line. Correct. So now hit, do it, do it to now me. now if they did any of those type of moves, unless it's a guy that's like a, a reach way out of nowhere, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be mad. Are you going to be mad if they take a corner? Especially if it's if it's not a guy where they're like, oh, he's projected in the late second round, and all of a sudden they take him in the first round. Yeah. Like if unless it's something like that, are you going to be upset if they take a corner? No. Kevin King is on a one-year deal. Jair Alexander is in the last year of his uh, rookie contract unless they pick up his fifth-year option. Yeah. So would I be mad if they took a corner? No. I wouldn't be. I would not be. 
Especially if it's a guy that's roughly projected around that area. I mean, you got Jair Alexander back there, who is just a phenom. And then what else are you going to have? Kevin King. <laughs> All right, so no, I would not be mad about a cornerback. Would you be upset with an offensive lineman, whether it be a tackle or if it's a center or guard? I would not be. In fact, I think that's what the Packers will do in the first round. And again, same thing. I wouldn't be upset either because it makes sense. They're, they're not protect, as deep as what they were last year. Got to protect Aaron Rodgers and probably the year after <laughs> Jordan Love. And they're they're not as they're definitely not as deep as they were last year on the offensive line. And they're probably right now not as deep as they were two years ago on the offensive line. I mean, Corey Lindsley had his best year ever, and they did not do anything with him. He is now with the Rams, Chargers. Chargers. Somewhere on as, as, as long again, as long as they don't completely reach on somebody there, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. So I would not be mad about a cornerback. I wouldn't. I would not be mad about um, an offensive an lineman. offensive lineman. Or we'll go one more because everybody loves toys. Wide receiver. Would yeah. you be upset with a wide receiver? Every single one of their wide receivers under contract are in their last year. Devontae Adams is still waiting for mm-hmm. his contract extension. Devin Funches is on that one year deal. Again, since he opted out. Yeah. Then you have Alan Lazard. You have MVS and St. Brown all on the last years of their deal. I think everyone, I think people would throw block parties if they were to draft a wide receiver if in the first round. I think people would be celebrating, be a really jubilant bunch of Packer fans. And when you're looking at this draft with the wide receiver class being decently deep again, mm-hmm. not as deep as last year, but a, another solid draft. You have those top three receivers that's on everybody's board. Yeah. But then after that, you have like half a dozen that are all, you know, late first round, early second round quality. Yeah. So not not mad about a cornerback, not mad about an offensive lineman, not definitely not mad about a wide receiver. And then I think the final one for me would have to be, uh, well, not the final one. Sorry, uh, defensive line. I no, I would not. I would not be mad about that either. They need to beef up. There's just Kenny Clark. I think the uh, there's there's one to me. If you go defensive line, there's only potentially two guys that you can go. For your, and, and the one with your, with yeah. your chicken scratch for the draft? And the one out of Alabama, he's probably going to be gone. What is it, Barmore? Um, Alabama, Barmore. I think that sounds right. Barmore. Yeah, Barmore, yeah Barmore. Barmore's going to be most likely gone unless he drops. So that, that, Christian that was, Barmore, DL, Bama. And I'm totally gonna butcher this name. Well, oh, they the say only, his, they say Barmore stock is like dropping big time ahead of the draft, though. Yeah, the only, but that's the only way he gets to 29 because he's been projected in the mid first round. And he's then not, after they say that, he's quote not a finished product. Okay, yeah, and then, the only other guy after that, that that would be in that range is the big defensive lineman out of Washington, where you've heard some of those smoke screens saying one team in the late first round might be interested in taking him because he's more of a mid to early second round pick. Yeah. And I've seen some chatter around online saying maybe the Packers are that team. They need it, but I don't know. I mean, that would still be a a little bit of a reach, maybe unless Barmore is going up and I'm going to totally butcher this name. Oh, I can't even say it. I don't know how to say it. Oh, I don't sounds, know. Sounds good to me. But, I mean, that's the other guy. Those are the only two guys that would fit the bill in that in that area. Yeah. So I would not be mad about those four or five. Linebacker, I mean, we've already talked about Zayvon Collins. I like Jamin uh, Davis. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a decent amount of guys there that are extremely talented. So here's the tweet that I got from Krebs, and we were talking about, you know, offensive linemen. Krebs had said, if the Packers draft an interior lineman in the first round – I'm no longer a Packers fan. 
they have nailed interior linemen is in past drafts later in said drafts. He wouldn't be a Packers fan if they drafted an interior lineman at pick number 29. What do you think about that, Rowdy? Because he's not wrong. They have nailed a ton of their picks later on in the drafts with linemen. I feel like that's a little uh, little far, don't you? <laughs> Throw, throwing away your fandom for the pick? Hey, people have thrown it away for less, though. That's the thing. I mean, let's see here. Uh, last year, you know, John Runyon looked really good for the Packers. He was a six-rounder, right? Um, Corey Lindsley was a fifth. Yeah, fifth rounder. Was Bakhtiari a fourth? Bakhtiari was, uh, I want to say he was a fourth, yes. They, they've had a lot. Of, yeah, Bakhtiari was a fourth rounder. Uh, J.C. Treader. Oh, fourth rounder. Elkin Jenkins was decently high, though. He was a second rounder. Yeah. The Packers have shown they've been able to get linemen later on in the draft to really, you know, make a name for themselves. Here's one person that really backfired in their face when they moved up in the draft. Don't say it. Jason Spriggs. They moved up uh, to what? Pick 48. Yeah, second round. To get Spriggs. And how is that working out? Oh, yeah. He's, He's a bear. Awful. And he went to the Bears, where he was proceeded to be awful, which is now hilarious to me. Uh, let's see here. Carl says, if you're not if you are not a Packer fan because of one draft pick, you're really not a fan. Get out of here, Krebs, is what Carl says. Yeah, listener and listener violence. Let's go. But Rowdy, does Krebs have a point though? They've been they found a lot of good, good, good picks later on in the draft. And when they moved up, i.e. Jason Spriggs, <laughs> egg on their face. Yeah, but I know Corey Lindsley, Elkin Jenkins. They were ready right away. Mm-hmm. Bakhtiari wasn't one that came in and, and started playing right away and was a top 10 left tackle. He needed to sit and learn. Now, John Runyon wouldn't have played right away, too, if it wasn't full of injuries right exactly. away. Exactly. He was but, a guy, but when he did get in But he there, did good. He was a six-rounder. So, I mean, if you look at the roster right now, you have Bakhtiari, who's, from all accounts, healing extremely fast. Gutekunst said he's but, on track to be ready for the season opener, which I don't really believe. Yeah, but. no guarantee there. I know the first reports where they were hoping for early November, late October. Yeah. So, who knows if he'll be ready. Krebs says, you guys can pick my new team if it happens. All right, well, welcome to being a Chicago Bears fan. I was going to say the Vikings. Or the Vi- we'll, we'll, we'll figure yeah, we'll it out. We'll split the you. difference. How about the Lions? Yeah, you'll be, a- <laughs> you'll be a Lions fan, Krebs. Get ready. What were you saying, Rowdy? At Sorry. least Quintez Cephas plays there. Yeah, I got Cephas. Um, Maybe you could find a, a a discounted Calvin Johnson at the local thrift shop. <laughs> you do that. Krebs doesn't strike me as a guy that would uh, identify with a Jared Goff type of quarterback. But, hey, who knows? Let's see, Krebs, Krebs a hardcore, you know, badass farmer, and you got Jared Goff, who looks like he gets manis and petties every day uh, in L.A. Now he's been shipped to Detroit. What were you saying before that, though? And instead of uh, manis and petties, he now eats Little C's. <laughs> yeah, he's got a Little Caesar pizza, and he's pissed about it because it's uh, all going to his waist. <laughs> it's Cali soft. All right, Roddy, I'm sorry. What were you saying before we were picking Krebs teams? Who's now Lions Oh, fan? no, just the, the fact that if you look at how this roster is right now with Bakhtiari, probably not going to be ready. I, I feel like if you're a team, you have to assume he's not going to be ready so that you have a backup plan. Yeah. Cause you can't go in the other way and say, well, he's going to be ready day one. And then all of a sudden he's not ready till November and you go, Oh crap. Now we don't have a left tackle. Well, he's trending to be ready. And then all of a sudden what happens if he has a setback? So you, you got to prepare as he's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And then you still have Billy Turner. Who's a guy that is Shown to be pretty versatile since he's played on both sides of the line and pretty much has played every position for the Packers. Yeah, You have Lucas Patrick, who's still on the roster, who's a guy that can play guard and center. You have Runyon, who came in, stepped in, played pretty well. I I know he's a guard. I think they were talking that he might be able to to be a, a versatile guy, but right now they're 
yeah. cool with him at guard. Then you have Elkin Jenkins, who has basically shown he can play. He can play everywhere. Pretty much everywhere on the line. But He's then, a beast. There's no depth, though. Yeah, but then after that, you're kind of looking around going, well, where are the... Where is everybody else? Where Where is the Lane Taylors of the world? Where is the uh, Rick Wagners of the world? Well, those guys are no longer there. You need, you need to find some depth. Yeah. Who's going to be center? Patrick? It's a good question. I, th- I feel like we'll know a lot by mid-June because that's when a lot of the guys get c- yeah, old veterans yeah, get cut. Yeah, you get the cuts. Plus, you and... already passed the draft. You'll have a better – because, I mean, obviously the line as it is now mm-hmm. is not what it's going to look like in August, because I mean, if it was, whew. wouldn't you say though, that getting a lineman an offensive lineman, let's say you maybe move up and you get a guy that's going to be there, or maybe one falls to you. Isn't that the best bet for the Packers right now? They have no depth on the offensive line and you have a guy named Aaron Rodgers who's only getting older. And I think at third, no, I'm 33. Well, how old am I? I'm 33. No offense to 37-year-olds out there, but um, 37-year-olds are no spry chickens. As I'm getting up there, Rowdy, I'm getting sore just getting out of bed. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 37 years old. I think not getting your franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future hurt is probably the best thing, and you'd find a day-one starter in that first round on the line. Yeah, and and some of the guys that they've brought back, right? Like when you look at um, they've brought back – well, at the receiver position, obviously Devin Funches is is coming back. I believe was it Aunt, uh, Alan Lazard was a restricted free agent. Even if you go uh, at tight end with Tunyon being brought back as a restricted free agent, like all of those guys, they've brought back. Which give and then you go on the defensive side of the ball. They brought back Kevin King. <laughs> all of the guys that they've brought back has given the Packers flexibility to pick one of those five positions of need in the first round, depending on where their big board sits. Yeah. Depending on who's available, whose stock is rising versus dropping. I, I do kind of like what Gutekunst has done from that perspective, because it just gives you so many options for whoever's there at 29. Yeah. I mean, they have, that's they, why we they just do a lot a, of things. We just had a whole segment saying if they select one of these five positions, I'm fine with it. I mean, what's worst case scenario for the Packers? They draft Jordan Love's backup. They draft Mason Crosby's backup, as Kylan Stoughton called in to suggest. Yeah, they I draft think the worst case scenario. J.K. Scott's replacement. Worst case scenario for me for the Packers would probably be like Mac Jones drops to 29 and they select him. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine Mac Jones, you know, drops all the way to 29 and there's Brian Gutekunst. Like, yeah. <sighs> oh, that quarterback, baby. I don't know. Jordan Love, I saw him miss a, a basket in practice. He didn't look too good in that video that was going viral, you know, last preseason. I, I don't think he looked that good in a tracksuit. Mac Jones, you're mine. People would freak. There's no way it happens. I bet you the Packers do something that's just out of nowhere, and people scratch. What do you think happens, Rowdy? Do you think I feel like they'd like trade back or a running back? I feel like a lot of people would freak out with a running back, me included. Because yeah, you, you just you re-signed running, Aaron yeah. Jones, you have a- and you drafted AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon in the second round. What are you going to do with a running back in the first? What are you going to do? So quarterback, running back, obviously all the the funny the positions. More, yeah, the yeah. more irrelevant like positions tee-hee, like punter, punter, kicker, kicker long snapper. Literally got a, hey, they got a long snapper in free agency. Joe F, whatever the hell his last name is. Tight end because they're outside. Yeah, of, they got enough outside of, of pits. There really is no one that should probably be drafted in the first round. Yeah, so the worst is God. Mac Jones just sitting there. Brian Gutekunst is like, I want. You. See, I would be curious to see if they did draft a safety. I know there's been a little bit of chatter out there 
I don't see why you would need another safety, especially in the first round. But I have seen some people saying they like the... Uh, I saw uh, Joel Berry may want Darnell Savage to play more on the slot, and the team hasn't re-signed the uh, hybrid safety and dime linebacker Raven Green. Modern NFL defense has utilized a third safety almost like a starter. Yeah, and I've seen some love out there for the guy out of uh, TCU at safety who's projected to be kind of that uh, right around that same area. Yeah, I was reading about the safety, and it was like the the ideal third safety in Green Bay could play deep in the slot and at a linebacker in sub-packages. This is a role that could easily see 500 snaps if the right player yeah. is identified and acquired. Trayvon Morig. That's the guy that I've been seeing projected around there. Safety out of uh, TCU. Well, was it Vernon Scott, the seventh rounder last year? Like, could that guy show some flash? I don't. Know. I mean, I wouldn't hold my breath on Vernon Scott, the seventh round. I'm trying to the think like what, they already, pick, what they already have. The seventh round pick that you saw play some special teams, and then the one time that I can actually Wouldn't they just resign Will Redmond? Yeah, or, yeah. The one time I can actually recall him playing safety on the field was when Derrick Henry completely uh, bowled over him. Uh, let's see here. Krebs comes back, who might be a new Lions fan coming up here. No one should draft guard or center in the first round unless they are a monster. And if you're at pick number 29, 29 like the Packers, will you be getting a monster if I, you stay there? I don't know. I think I would take a Quentin Nelson out of Notre Dame a few years ago any day. Is this because his last name is Nelson and your well, first I mean, name is power, Nelson? power name. <laughs> it's but power also, name. the guy's been an absolute stud. Oh, man. Pick number 29 in that gray area. What do you do? What do you do? And if Mac Jones falls to you, what will Brian Gutekunst do? Rowdy, what will you? What, well, let's say Mac. Let's just. I don't think it's going to happen. Let's just have some fun with it. Well, that. I don't think he gets past twenty. Neither do I. But let's fell. let's say if he does. Let's say Mac Jones is sitting there at twenty nine, and Brian Gutekunst is at twenty nine still, and he's looking his chops. What would you do if Goody pulled the trigger on Mac Jones? Would you Would you drive up immediately to Green Bay and demand a meeting, a sit down with Brian Gutekunst? Would you, well, go would, show, de- would you go show him what it's like? I would demand a press conference saying that you screwed up and that you were wrong because why did you draft him and why do you still have Jordan Love? And then I would <laughs> immediately come on these airwaves on Monday and rescind the Harvard of the Midwest for lacrosse. Well, you wouldn't have to wait till Friday. You could do, or, uh, well, you said Friday, right? Or, yeah, sorry. You would rescind him as the Harvard of the Midwest? No, I'd rescind the title of Harvard of the Midwest for the University of Wisconsin lacrosse. And that's your alma mater. I'd have to do it. I kind of want to see the chaos now. I have no allegiances to lacrosse besides getting drunk there a few times. Probably got a probably got a t-shirt I left there up one, there time, one time. And my youngest brother, he's a graduate of UW class, but he's a Bears fan. So what's that say about lacrosse? Jesus. Well, right. He was a Bears fan before he got there. No, yeah, that's true. What's that say about our bloodline? One sleep away from the NFL draft. Wow. It's just about here. What will happen? Who knows? I do know one thing though. Kyle Shanahan Rowdy on Sunday can't he can't say that everyone's going to be alive come Sunday morning, so he can't tell you if it's Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be uh, his quarterback or not. He can't guarantee anyone's going to be alive come Sunday morning. Uh, but Rowdy, looking at the Packers though, uh, Brian Gutekunst was on the podium yesterday, and the stuff he was saying really wasn't like, I mean, it wasn't that insightful. It was essentially, yeah, it's tempting, very tempting, to trade up. Also. Could stay pat, or we could trade back. And, you know, it's, it's tempting, though. 
Real, real insightful. In fact, here, here he is. Here's it's coming. always tempting for me when you're sitting at 29 and watching those kind of players come off the board that you're, you know, that you've spent so much time studying and and, and kind of thinking about how they could affect your football team. It's always tempting. I think you got to be careful not to fall in love with any individual player, but we'll look at each opportunity we have to move up. We've done that in the past. Uh, we've moved down in the past as well, but we'll look at each opportunity. And if it makes sense, we certainly won't be afraid to do that. Yeah, I saw some funny tweets on, uh, what an answer. obviously on Twitter about uh, those comments exactly. What an Saying answer. how, you know, you can't fall in love with anybody and trade up. And then they go, okay, so what did you do last year with Jordan Love? Yeah, you can't fall in love with anyone and trade up. But that's exactly what you did with Jordan Love. Okay. So Goody was also asked, Rowdy, uh, if there's enough good players in the class to fill this draft board with legit players. Um, we have, and I think it's a pretty good draft overall. I will say to your point, Bill, that uh, certainly like, you know, on the different uh, areas of um, our room in the draft room where we keep different names, there's there's just less. Specifically, I think it's going to affect us a little bit in the undrafted free agent market. There's just a, a smaller pool of players maybe than there there have been in the past. Um, it'll be interesting to going into next year to see how that, that changes next year's draft and if that's significantly larger or, or what we'll kind of see how that goes but we kind of anticipated this a little bit and kind of um i think our roster sits you know just above 70 right now which is a, is much higher than we've ever been before so um i think as we go into this we'll be a little more selective uh certainly in the undrafted free agent market well i mean there you go undrafted free agency market that's uh what ted thompson liked to do also brian gudekun's coming from the ted thompson tree rowdy were you a believer in draft and develop? Because Ted Thompson once said, in a perfect world, you'd draft and develop and you'd keep your own players. Can I Can I be like yeah, on the can. fence and say partially? You can be whatever you want to be, Rowdy. It's 2021. Can I say partially? I was partially in on draft and develop because for two reasons. Do you identify as on the fence right now? Yeah, because, well, one, it was nice when, you know, Ted Thompson would find some diamonds in the rough or maybe it was maybe not necessarily diamonds in the rough, but guys that were being a little overlooked for a specific, uh, you know, skill or talent mm -hmm. where they didn't think they really had that ability to play at that type of certain level in the NFL. And he found them and then they ended up being able to. Yeah. So I guess I, I agree with it to that point, but then you look back and they go, how many guys did they draft and they developed, but they didn't keep. That would be, a boatload of them. Yeah, like the Casey like, Hayward, okay, Micah Hyde. Yeah, that, you, well, you those can, are the first two that jumped to my head. You can go same two, same exact two for me. It's like yeah. you can go to different types of of draft picks like those two, who you drafted them, and you developed them, and then all of a sudden when it came down to signing them, you let them walk. Now a lot of ones that they drafted, some would never develop. And know? that's the other part to it. Now there's there's one thing about actually keeping them, and then there's another thing about looking for all these diamonds in the rough and, and diamonds for the rough. And if you're out there looking for all these diamonds, there's going to be a lot of rocks too. <laughs> yes, and there are. Especially in that second half of that uh, Ted Thompson tenure, there was a lot of rocks in there. Yeah, there were. Uh, there were some good ones though. Don't get us wrong. But yes, yeah, so here's Gudekunt who comes from that tree, draft and develop, and he was asked, "Will you be drafting for need or?" What our guy, the old Silver Fox, RIP, my brother, to the great war room to the sky. Best player available, <laughs> buddy. Sure. I think it's a little bit of both. I think for the most part, we try to look at the draft as, as a long-term investment in the Green Bay Packers. And um, 
obviously with the history of how rookies enter the league and and there's always usually an adjustment period before they get um you know to where they're really really productive so we always look at it as a, a long-term investment at the same time um i think you have to look at your team and where it's at and and kind of look to see if there's opportunities to help you know right away and we're always you know if, if you feel a guy can help you immediately that certainly gives them some added value i don't know Brian Gutekunst could do a master okay. class and never answering a question. Yeah, because he master at it. He's we mentioned about how he doesn't he doesn't believe in falling in love with a player to where you where you need to go and trade up and get him. Jordan Love. Jordan Love. And then he if you want to play that again. You want to play it again? Let me just do that. There you go. Sure. I think it's a little bit of both. I think for the most part we try to look at the draft as as a long term investment in the Green Bay Packers. And um Obviously, with the history of how rookies enter the league, and and there's always usually an adjustment period before they get, um, you know, to where they're really, really productive. So we always look at it as a, a long-term investment. At the same time, um, I think you have to look at your team and where it's at, and and kind of look to see if there's opportunities to help, you know, right away. And we're always, you know, if if you feel a guy can help you immediately, that certainly gives him some added value. Hmm. Yeah. So he's willing to go up and and get a player potentially if they add value well Jordan Love didn't add any value as a guy wearing a tracksuit as the third quarterback well you could argue the only value he added was pissing off Aaron Rodgers to have an MVP season or I mean you could even but he has no value you could even go up even farther and saying you're more interested in a prospect if he can come in and, and step in right away for you well then you used the the highest pick that we've seen as Packer fans in the longest time for Rashawn Gary, who at the time had a lot of upside, a lot, yeah, a lot of upside, lot and, of upside. And, and talent and athleticism. But if you remember, he had the torn rotator cuff, he had the questionable wonderlicks test, he had the <laughs> uh, we're going to be moving him from a defensive lineman that was in a four-three uh-huh. with his hand on the ground to yeah. all of a sudden a three-four where he's going to be standing and having to deal with some coverages too. Like that doesn't that that's the exact well, opposite of what, what he Rashawn just said. What did Rashawn Gary even do in the first his first and season? Exactly, he he didn't add pretty much what value, value at add? all year one. Let's see what did what did he score in the wonder look again? Rashawn Gary scores a nine on the wonder look. Test. That's pretty low. Oofta. Well, I think hey. the only Packer that we found that was lower was Kristen Michael. If you remember that. Oh yeah. Well, didn't Vince? Um. Vince Young had a really, really low score. Vince too. Young was a Packer for a very quick minute. For he didn't make pre-season. it a preseason. I think he scored like a. I think his nickname was was Chips because he might have ate paint chips as a kid. I think he scored a three or a four on the Wonderlick. Our guy Vince Young, who was a Packer very briefly, people forget that. But yeah, all those different things factoring in with Rashawn Gary when you were when you were selecting at the highest draft pick you had had in years, that's the exact opposite of what he just said there. Yeah, I mean, Brian Gutekunst can do a master class. Like, if you're going to your master's degree in um, uh, public speaking, if there's anything, he would teach you how to not answer a question. Like, he would be the master class at it. Rowdy, he, he literally says nothing. And then everything he does say, you can say, well, you just contradicted yourself exactly what you did with, like, last year's draft or the draft before that. Um, but he is, he is good at giving the non-answer. I'll tell him that. So Brian Gutekunst falling from the Ted Thompson tree. Now he has been more involved in the free agency talks, right? Like he's been very good at that. You look at the Smith brothers. Um, what uh, I, I would say by by far his worst. Well, if you want to list all of them, 
I mean, Smith brothers, obviously Zadarius Smith has been really, really good. Yes. Preston Smith was good for one season and man last season as he turned it around halfway through the year. Mm -hmm. You can go with Billy Turner. Oh, Billy. Guy's been pretty good for the Packers, especially because he's versatile and can play a lot of positions. Correct. Rick Wagner. Yeah, Ricky. Even though it was just one year. He was pretty valuable last year. He was. He had two bad games. They both happened to come against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Correct. I mean, you mentioned Adrian Amos. He's been solid. He's been playing better than he was ever graded out with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, he's been good. The um, one miss has got to be for signing free agents, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be 100%. But, yeah, Jimmy Graham was, I mean, for the money you spent on him, yes, that was bad. But overall, yeah, he gets a thumbs up for me in free agency. I'm trying to think. Um, Raven Green? That was Guda Kunst. He brought him in. I mean, what was what's the skinny and Raven Green? I know he's a free agent now. I don't know. You, you got to have. You're never going to hit on all of them. And you're going to have some whole hum guys. So Brian Guda Kunst. I mean, he's going to have his work cut out for him. Certain tomorrow. I can't wait, dude. Cleveland, the city of the rock and roll hall of fame. We got who is it? Kings of Leon performing. Hearts lead singer doing the national anthem. It's here, folks. None of that weird. Roger Goodell getting drunk in his basement and sitting on his couch and telling to screaming at a TV screen to get loud fans on a Zoom call. I ain't going to miss that. I'll tell you that much, Rowdy. You going to miss that? Yeah, and not even honoring the um, the the gifts that they were giving away. Remember they were um, Oh, yeah, what was that? It was the it was oh. We we could have had Vegas where they were going to be on an island in a giant pond, and they had to take boats out to go hug Roger Goodell. Instead, we got him. They had a, said Uncle Roger in his basement getting hammered. Wasn't that they had the auction where you oh, could, yeah. where you could um, basically throw down money to be the person to watch a game with uh, Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell and in Dave his basement? Port- Portnoy won it. He won, and then he, he backed out of it. Yeah, he backed out of it. They didn't want his money for charity. Tis, and tis, then tis. instead of uh, having him come over and watch – from his basement in his recliner, they said, no, the NFL will make the same size donation. We'll refund you and make yeah. that same size donation out of our own pockets. Roger Goodell. What a coward. Totally. Well, he's not the worst commissioner anymore. That now belongs to Rob Manfred of Major League Baseball. Oh, here we go. Update from Krebs, who says if the Packers take an interior lineman, he will no longer be a Packers fan. And he said we could pick his new team for him. We said it would be the Lions. And he responds back, I'm okay with the Lions. Motor City will toughen up Jared Goff. <laughs> Little chew him up and spit him out. Hey, if he wants to see Travis Shaw hit 240 to believe it, I want to see the Motor City toughen up Jared Goff. Then I'll believe it. <laughs> NFL draft tomorrow night. Mm. Can't wait. Rowdy, while the draft is going on, the Brewers are going to be playing too. I don't want to put the card ahead of the horse here, but a pretty big series coming up while the draft is ongoing. So draft starts at, what, 7 o'clock? All the festivities start. The Brewers will be taking on the Dodgers at American Family Field tomorrow at 640. And the Dodgers, who started out the season on a freaking tear. What were they on pace to win, the Dodgers? Yeah, at one point they were on pace out of the gates to win 130 in the first two and a half weeks of the season. But in their last Judas. 10, their last 10, they're just 3-7, and seven, now on pace to win about 101. Oh, man, and that's good for you, right? That is good for me. Because Vegas had the Dodgers at 103 and a half, or was yep. it just 103? 103, 103 and, and a half. half. Rowdy's like, no way. Give me the under. Well, you <laughs> was sweating it out a little bit. I know the season was young, but now, yes, on pace for, a, what you said, 101 wins? Yep. 
And the Brewers, what are they on Brewers pace are for? currently on pace for 98 and change. <laughs> 98 and change, your Milwaukee Brewers on pace to win. They sit 14-9 right now in the NL Central. That's good for first place. Cubs fans, sorry, you're in the basement. 10-13, and 13. Uh, Reds second to last at 11 and 12, Pirates 12 and 11, and Cardinals 12 and 11, and then your Milwaukee Brewers, obviously, like I said, first place 14 and 9. And if you look around the majors, Cubs on pace to win 70. <laughs> what are the Pirates on pace for? Like low 70s then? No, the Pirates are over 500. So it'd be. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know if they're going to regress or what, but they're uh, 80, 83, which is crazy. Currently on pace for. 84 and change. 84 and change, and that would be also the same then for the Cardinals. Um, Obviously, it's early. 23 games in for most teams. Hey, it's okay to get excited, though, for your Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, nice to see them get that win yesterday over the Marlins. Uh, it's like the ragtag crew, man. They just find ways to get her done, and it's uh, nice to see. We've had a couple people ask us, what have you heard on Christian Yelich? What have you heard on Lorenzo Cain? When are they going to be back? Well, the last we heard was they are, quote, in a holding pattern. Yeah, and I think from... Whatever that means. We had some Craig Council clips, and it sounded like he was much more upbeat and anticipating a Christian Yelich return sooner than later, but not a whole lot about Lorenzo Cain. Yeah, the word is mum on Lorenzo Cain. I have not heard a single thing. Besides uh, a couple days ago, they are, quote, in a holding pattern. Whatever that means. And that was after uh, Christian Yelich came back to Milwaukee to get an MRI on his back, which turned out nothing was there's nothing to be concerned about, I guess. Yeah, my biggest thing is I'm I'm hoping all those guys can get back and and rejoin the team by May 11th. That that's my date, May 11th. And if that day comes and goes and they're not back, then what, Rowdy? Do we start getting nervous? Yeah, because <laughs> that'd be about a that'd be about a month where you're missing all these guys. You had, I mean, we've talked about it probably for some of you at nauseum about how Kane's been out. Yelich has been out. Wong had been out. And there's multiple relievers out of the bullpen that you thought at the beginning, or I guess spring training that you thought would be uh, arms in the bullpen have been out. I mean, it, now Manny Pena yeah, is out. Fractured big left toe. Last, last weekend series with the Cubs, you have Anderson, Hamstring, water on the knee. Both on the IL. And then the Cubs with their dirtiness beamed um, Daniel Daniel Robertson Robertson in in the the head. head. He's on the seven-day IL concussion one. Tiss, tiss, Chicago Cubs. A lot of guys starting to fill up that IL for the Milwaukee Brewers. Actually, I had a tweet here that I saw where it was talking about how the Brewers are relatively healthy if if you uh, subtract all these. Yeah, so here are the current Brewers on the... Various ILs. Yelich with a back. Kane with Kane with a quad. Jace Peterson with a thumb, who, oh, by the way, he was the one that was brought up to replace Colton Wong. <laughs> Pena with his fractured toe. Daniel Robertson with a concussion. And then if you remember, you had Tim Lopes. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that was on with an oblique in spring training. If you remember, you had Matthias, who played pretty well last year. Yep. Don't forget, he's on the IL with a shoulder. Yep. Derek Fisher, who was the guy they traded for. Not the basketball was, player. That was uh, in contention for that last spot with McKinney and Tyrone Taylor. He is also on the uh, 
the IL with a hamstring. Justin Topa, who logged some uh, seventh innings for the Brewers last year, had some velocity and had a lot of cut to his uh, fastballs. He's on the 60-day with an elbow. Bobby Wall is on the 60-day with an oblique. That guy's been on the 60-day since they acquired him. They've been waiting for him to be healthy. And then we mentioned Anderson with a hamstring, Lynn Bloom with a knee. But other than that... What about, did you say Ray Black? Ray, Ray Black with another nagging injury. Uh, did we say Robertson? Do we count him yep, yet? Yep, we already talked okay, about him. Okay, so we're at 13 right now of guys on the aisle for the Milwaukee Brewers. And, yeah, other than that, they're healthy. <laughs> yeah, if you take away the 13 guys in the aisle, the Brewers are perfectly fine. Nothing to worry about. And all, all guys that have spent time in the big leagues, whether they're either big-time stars like Christian Yelich or they're quadruple-A players like Daniel Robertson or or guys like Ray Black that are not necessarily high-level uh, high leverage pitchers, but they're giving you innings. Yeah, listen, if you take away the quality f- arm out of the bullpen, if you take away the fact that I'm 5'11, I should be in the NBA, you know, getting paid like LeBron James, you know, dunking the ball and whatnot. But, you know, just take away the fact that I'm 5'11 and I don't have any basketball ability. So, yeah, if you take away the 13 guys in the IL, the Brewers are totally healthy. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers manager, Craig Council, let's see here, this is 15 hours ago on Low Kane. Uh, let's see here. Craig Council said on loan, uh, Low Kane, quote, you're going to see him on the road trip. While this statement does not rule out a potential return prior to the road trip kicking off on Monday, May 3rd in Philly, it does look like it's a possible date bearing any setback. So you'd see him, Rowdy, May 3rd. If they're talking about that road trip, you say May 3rd, that's the first day of the road trip. That's Philadelphia where they have a four-game series in Philly. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the road trip is a three-game series in Miami against the Marlins. So if you're telling me he's at least back by at the very latest May 9th, at least that fits inside my May 11th window. Yeah, there you go. So, Craig Council, you're going to see him on the road trip. So, I mean, take it for what you will. And they seemed more upbeat with Christian Yelich than they had with Lorenzo Kane in recent uh, comments. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Let's see. Kane struggling through his first week of games before going in the IL. Kane 637 OPS and 70 OPS plus would mark the lowest of his career in as many at-bats. So, they've played... Right now, 23 games. And if you go to May 11th, that's 12 more games. So that's 35 games. If you're not finally figuring out who's hot, who's not, who's kind of coming into their own, who might uh, have a down year, and who's healthy and who's not by May 11th, 35 games in, then I'm definitely going to be nervous. I'm going to be nervous to see if this pitching staff can continue, especially the starting rotation, continue to throw the ball the way they are Mm -hmm. to continue to be this good and win this many games. Rowdy. Rowdy. I don't know, man. Hey, here's the thing, though. Here's what I do know. The Brewers are winning without him. it's, It's still almost two weeks away. Not quite two weeks away. Brewers still winning their we uh, their games without them. You love to see it, so uh, that's that's that. All right, before we uh, step out of here and get our final segment under our belt, I just want to throw this out there. If you are looking, because the weather is starting to turn around now, and if you're looking for a beautiful, beautiful place to golf, may I suggest, nay, recommend Lake Wisconsin Country Club in the beautiful Prairie de Sac right next to the beautiful Lake Wisconsin, panoramic views along the challenging Par 70 course. Fantastic golf experience for the novice like me or the experts, um, which I'm sure are listening right now because everyone's listening. Everyone playing the course is like, damn, this thing is the best kept secret 
in Wisconsin. The prices are nice. The course immaculate. You can go schedule a tee time right now at lakewisconsincc.com. You can give them a call at the clubhouse. Uh, the number's right there on the website as well. I won't uh, bore you with the number, but you can give them a ring too. They got it any way you want to do it. You can do, uh, let's see here, if golf isn't your thing or maybe your game is so bad you need to uh, you know, kind of take the edge off a little bit, they have a fantastic, amazing clubhouse and bar food area it's like it's like taking a step back in supper club time it's awesome so go check that out and if you want to host an event they got golf outings wedding receptions an anniversary a holiday party a graduation party and all other banquets are encouraged to check out their full range at again the website lakewisconsincc.com and don't forget about that friday fish fry that thing is phenomenal lake wisconsin country club go check it out do yourself a favor golf fans it is a gem 